Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This week on Dueling Review, it's Transformers Back to the Future number 1 from IDW Publishing. Great Scott, Marty McFly has just returned from Adventure of a Lifetime to a new, better Hill Valley. Everything's looking up for him. That is until Marty and his friend Doc Brown's time machine attract the attention of the Decepticons. With one small mistake, Marty finds himself once again thrust into an adventure to stop the Decepticon plot in the past, present, and the future. All with the new help of a new time machine, the Autobot Gigawatt. Back to the future. Back to the former. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think of Back to the Future um, anymore. Uh, So this issue, I believe, was supposed to come out months and months ago, and it was delayed because of um, the pandemic. Because I remember it was right around a big anniversary of Back to the Future when they unveiled and announced the Transformers Back to the Future comic book. They also unveiled, Hasbro unveiled the Hasbro Gigawatt Transformers toy. So that was like months ago. I believe it's Gigawatt. I don't care. Um, and so when this finally came out, I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested in this. But then I was also like, oh, man, they do a lot of Back to the Future stuff at mm-hmm. IDW Publishing. And they've been doing a heck of a lot of Transformers stuff. Uh, right now, they've got the Transformers and My Little Pony doing a crossover. We've had Transformers and Ghostbusters. We've had Transformers and G.I. Joe. Um, you know, just Transformers everywhere. And so when I got to the end of this... I don't know. I kind of felt empty inside, like a little bit of bit of my soul had been sucked away. Yeah, you worked in television. You don't have any soul left. It, it is interesting. And I feel like part of it is for all of the of the, you know, science fiction trappings of Back to the Future. It's a relatively grounded story you know the 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 theory that i hate of your story should only have one wild outlandish thing if you take away the fact that emmett created the time machine back to the future is a very down-to-earth story it's about people and relationships it's about marty trying to fix his family it's about yes, his mom trying to get it on years. with him Exactly. Or, you know, even if you get into the, the sequels, it's Marty trying to fix a mistake that he made. Or in the third one, trying to save the life of his closest friend, who, by the way, he's a 15-year-old boy and his best friend is a disgraced nuclear physicist. That's not weird. All of that, you know, when you look at Back to the Future, it's not really a science fiction story in a lot of ways. And taking the ideas of transformers because transformers is a lot transformers is another planet filled with aliens who are giants who also turn into machines who do these things and have these interstellar wars that have been going on for millions of years that transporting that whole oeuvre for lack of a better word and trying to overlay it on back to the future doesn't really work thematically to Back to the Future. Even if you look at the evil future where Biff has taken over, 
that's pretty much down to earth. It's a corrupt man. I mean, yes, he's cheating, but in a lot of ways, Biff being a jerk and creating a casino, you know, first of all, is based on a real person uh, and isn't completely outlandish other than the element where you're like, oh, yeah, he got this because of time travel. So I don't know. I mean, we had this trouble when we did Transformers Ghostbusters, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really had a problem with that. I, I really it, didn't. It, it, it is it what fit. it is, right? I mean, here's the here's my problem. I, I don't know. Here's my problem with Back to the Future right now mm-hmm. is that every Back to the Future, and I think this happened when um, the youngest and I sat down and we decided that we wanted to watch all three Back to the Future movies, even though I protested up and down that there was only one Back to the Future movie, <laughs> is that it's the same story again and again and again. In each one of those movies. And that was a, that was a gimmick, right? That's, that's, that was kind of the, the point of telling that story again and again and again is that Marty keeps making the same mistake and he needs to learn from his mistakes and he needs to do better from his mistakes. And that's why he keeps repeating them. Right. But I think everyone took that as everyone outside the movie, you know, real life people looked at that and said, oh, well, that's the formula on how you tell a Back to the Future movie. Right. Marty, you know, it's the same. Let's just tell that same story again and again and again, whether it be in a TV show, whether that be in a video game or whether that be in Transformers Back to the Future, where so much of what we see in this just seems to be a rehash of the first movie. You know, there's a part where uh, Marty wakes up and he finds that he has to go to the Energon plant. And right. Biff is there and there's some Transformers there and he's like, oh, my gosh, hey, kid, let me borrow this skateboard. Uh, it doesn't say borrow a skateboard, but he's like, oh, look, there's a skateboard. Let me go skateboarding just like we saw in every other movie before. And it doesn't work this time. And so it's just like, ah, why are we still doing these same trope? You know, the, not the same trope, the same beat, the same stuff, yeah. the same element again and again and again. And I'm so tired of that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think that. The big reveal at the end, the whole, oh my God, the DeLorean is actually an Autobot, is kind of anticlimactic because the whole point of this, in a lot of ways, you know what this feels like? This oh, feels yeah. like the comic book you yes. get with a toy. Yes, yes. Or the uh, the reason why we had the, um, oh, the remember the uh, Superpowers uh, action figures? Yes. Yep, the Superpowers comic book. And that was Kirby. And that still came off as, let's see how to, you know, how do we sell toys? If you So look, let me I ask mean, you this. Let me ask you this. So at the yes. end of this comic, do you want to go get that? I mean, I don't know if you're into Transformers, but do you want to go get that uh, uh, DeLorean Gigawatt, Gigawatt? Transformer? Oh, oh, absolutely. In fact, I want all of the collaborative Transformers except for uh, Maverick, which is the plane from uh, Top Gun. I can't wait for IDW to give us that comic book, too. Um, but, yeah, I want... So then I guess maybe it worked. DeLorean. Maybe it worked. I want the transforming, you know, uh, Ecto one. I want these toys, but I'm not do you want necessarily. The, do you want the transformers? My little pony. Uh, toy? I think that that book is actually adorable. Okay. Um, I'm just wondering if you, if it makes you want to buy the, the toy. No, but issue one was actually wonderful because there's this uh, whole thing where rainbow dash and RC are teaming up and it's just, I mean, it's adorable. That's an example where the reality of the two shows, they're both outlandish and wacky and crazy and over the top. And even though one is technology and one is magic, they kind of operate on the same level of unreality 
Whereas Back to the Future and Transformers really don't. And Ghostbusters was probably wilder than Back to the Future in terms of that actual story. And we had trouble with, you know, Ecto-1 being a part of the Ghostbusters world. So when you have this whole breakdown here where, you know, Doc Brown and Marty mess up the universe somehow, and then the DeLorean comes back to save the day... I kind of want to see the rest of this, but I also kind of don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a toss up for me. But I mean, if it's going to just kind of rehash the same movie, first movie elements again and again and again, I, I really mm-hmm. don't. I mean, if this if this literally has to do something, if the clock tower comes in on this and we have to send a bolt of electricity into the into the gigawatt so he can do whatever he does, I'm totally yep. out. I mean, if that is what this boils down to, then, you know, sign me out because I have no interest in this. Unfortunately, um, the first issue, and and I mean, I'm sure, you know, Kevin Scott, we've reviewed his books before. I like his stuff. Um, You know, he does great writing. I think the writing in this is well done. I just don't like the the repeat. And unfortunately, it may be that and I get a phone call from some publisher uh, this week that says, how dare you talk about this? That's that's not exactly what's going to happen in the book. That's fine. But everything in this first issue leads me to believe that this is exactly what's going to happen in the next five issues, because comic books are creatures of habit. Number one, they beat (laughs) that into our heads over the years. And number two, we've seen all the Back to the Future movies multiple times. We have. TBS is playing them constantly. And importantly, when Gigawatt transforms into his uh, official Autobot mode, hanging from his left shoulder is the hook that is used to transfer the lightning into the flux capacitor. Yeah, this is definitely so, post first movie. Yeah. That hook is definitely there though. You know, and I'm I'm really sort of fine with that. I mean, when it comes to a mashup like this and we've said it before, it's a question of what's the MacGuffin? What's the gimmick? What's the thing that explains, you know, how is Bumblebee in Hill Valley? How is Starscream taking over the world? How are they going to get a truckload of poop onto uh, Director Tannen? Because it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got to eat a turd, right? Yeah. Well, and, you know, we did see uh, the uh, Constructicon truck. What's his name? I don't know. The dump truck. We're going to call him Dumper. Okay. Uh, the Constructicon truck is in this, and I'm like, is he is he full of poop? He's full of poop, isn't he? I'm sure he? he is. I mean, all that He's waste has to go somewhere. Right. But yes, having everyone in Hill Valley wake up and work for the Decepticons in their Energon plant is interesting. And I do like the fact that, you know, we have the destroyed city except for the clock tower. So you know that that's going to be an element of it. Oh, I'm sure if the clock tower gets hit by something, somebody's going to start screaming, oh, somebody think about the clock tower. Somebody save the clock tower. (laughs) What is this going to be? Five issues? Four issues? I think it's five or six issues. Probably five, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't dislike it, but I do agree with you. I didn't necessarily feel like I was empty, but I felt like in a lot of ways, this is a big, glossy, well-drawn comic. It has some interesting moments, but the beats of it just felt very much like, yep, that's, that's, I knew that was going to happen. You know, the point where Marty is flat on his face doing the Michael J. Fox sleeping routine with Mm -hmm. the arm behind his back. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've, we've seen this. At least twice. We've seen it in Back to the Future 3. We've seen it at the end of Back to the Future. And the beginning of the story is actually the climax of Back to the Future. Yeah. Where we see Marty 
pop up and yep. but it's all taking place under the watchful eye of Starscream and Megatron. And there's no I mean it's just sort of a hand wave. There's no explanation of how the Decepticons exist. We just say, okay, this is Earth 1957. Yeah, they said something about, you know, we've been hibernating. I mean, basically, they're pulling the Transformers uh, television sure. origin stuff right there. And we've been asleep for a million years or whatever it is. Right. And that was 84. So yeah. it's roughly the same time frame. Yeah. We figured this is Earth 350. This is Earth 1985. That's what it is. Earth 1985, where every single story that happened in 1985 is all going to take place. So Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure at some point they will do that where it's like, oh, Ghostbusters uh, 2 was close enough to when, uh, you know, Back to the Future took place. Why don't we have these guys all meet up now and it'll be be a big old Transformers event. Yep. And Buckaroo Banzai will be in it. Ronald Reagan will be president. Queen will be playing Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, You know, it'll be a live aid concert and everyone will have a brand new Mercury Sable. You know, here's the other thing. I don't, yeah, the art is fine in this. Uh, I think I the kind artist... of like how the the Back to the Future characters seem to have the designs from the animated series. That's the part that I don't like. <laughs> I'm sort of that's that's the part that I really with that. I like that. That is really the part that I despise, and I, I understand likeness rights are a big deal, and it's yeah. probably much easier to get the the um, licensing rights from a cartoon show than it is from, and I'm sure Hasbro probably had some hand in the animated series. And that's why everybody looks like that. But I, I really don't like that particular style with these characters. And I think that it looks odd when you're trying to draw cars and your characters have that cartoony style and your cars have a more realistic style. Mm-hmm. I, I just have, I mean, uh, Juan Samu, who is the, uh, uh, the artist on this, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, um, a great artist. I, I like the art. I just don't like this style for these characters and I'm, and he probably had nothing to do with the style on these characters it was probably an edict handed down from above saying you must make these transformers look as cool as possible and you must use this cartoony drek from 1980 uh seven uh to to make this look real or to make it look uh you know like those characters from the cartoon show and i just it's just something that doesn't work for me now has idw published any back to the future books i remember we oh yeah yeah yeah. they they have a they have a big ongoing um i think they're not doing it right now but up to a couple of years ago they still had back to the future they had uh what's his name um the 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 creator the writer of the movie um bob gale yeah he was involved in that back to the future series i couldn't remember if that was idw or dynamite i know it's it's idw idw has had the rights to this for forever and they're not giving it up anytime soon yeah, because I know they had the alternate universe with uh, Citizen Brown. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it was that strange uh, Back to the Future story. I yep. think from the video game. Yep. Here, here's here's the thing that I'm going to ask IDW going forward. Mm-hmm. Please, when you do your Back to the Future stuff, can you please stop repeating the same beats and elements again and again and again? <laughs> that's that's the thing that just is killing this this book for me is I've already seen it all again now it just has some cars that go and I don't I mean I'm not a huge Transformers fan to begin with I am a huge Transformers fan but I also feel like you know we had the Transformers Star Trek crossover which was neat because we had uh Fortress Tiberius, which was the Enterprise, controlled by the mind of Jim Kirk as a giant Autobot Transformer. I think he fought Trypticon. Nice. Um, 
but that yeah, the one? Is and, that the LSD uh, transformer? And we also had Ectotron uh, running around with the Ghostbusters on his shoulders because he's their ride. And I don't necessarily feel like there's any problem with this. I don't feel like it's a bad idea. I don't feel like the concept behind this is terrible or awful. I don't, you know, want to be the guy who's like worst idea ever. No, it's not. A, it's not a bad idea. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, it's an okay comic, and I feel like that last page reveal of the design that's pretty awesome. It's kind of neat looking. I mean, it is a cool. But, it is a cool design. I agree with you. Yeah, I think what it comes down to for me is, I agree with you on the the repetition of plot points, but I also feel like there's kind of a an expectation of just having it happen, just having these two properties together in this issue feels like that's the hook. And the story doesn't necessarily grab me. You know, I, I do agree with you on the, hey, we're going to get another take on this. And I think you're right. I think we are going to see a story that parallels Back to the Future, the first movie. I kind of hope that we get, you know, Transformers in the Old West. But we may not. And if we don't, I think what it's going to come down to is we're going to get to the end and Biff is going to be polishing, you know, the gigawatt and going, just starting your second coat now, Mr. McFly. Yeah. I, and yeah, I think for me, this is going to be a pass. Uh, but I think for other people, I would say give it a borrow. But for me, it's definitely a pass. If you ever want to see Biff getting a taste of his own medicine from a 40 foot robot knocking on his head going, hello, hello, anybody yes. home? That was and that hearing, was mildly amusing, yes. Hearing that in the voice of Chris Lada, uh, if you remember how Starscream sounded in the comic, that terrible shrieky screaming voice that I can't even try to to emulate, I think that's kind of cool. But really what it comes down to to me is at the end of the day, this is probably a borrow. This is a check it out, see if it's something where your brain just leaps out and goes, I love 1985 whether that be in a retro way or in an I remember it sort of way, enough that this story is going to grab me. And maybe I haven't seen Back to the Future as many times as Matthew and Steven, and I'm going to be fine with this because I'm going to see these parallels and go, hey, that guy totally doesn't look like Crispin Glover because it's now illegal to use the face of Crispin Glover because of Back to the Future too. And it's also okay if you haven't seen the movie as many times as we have because if you watch it too many sure. times – all the holes show up and all the major yeah. uh, weird moments that make you go, oh, that's really not appropriate uh, show up. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, oh, this is an awkward kind of thing. I think, did, did he take his wallet? I, I think, think that guy took, took his, his wallet. wallet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for that. That's going to show up. Somebody's going to say that they took his wallet and I'm sure I'm we're waiting going for to Mr. Strickland to show up. Ooh, you know, Strickland is probably part of the Freedom Fighters with Optimus Prime. <laughs> that would be funny, right? Strickland's going to show up with his double-barreled shotgun, and he's going to shoot at Megatron and call him a slacker. Yep. All right. Uh, we ended up with this volume, this issue, because of you, our dear listeners. And I'm sorry if this you wasn't the, the review you were creatures. hoping for. But maybe next week can be a little bit different. How can that be, Matthew? How can next week be different? Well, next week will be different because instead of going to major spoilers and looking for a dueling review for October the 8th, oh, no, 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 you're going to look for a dueling review for October the 14th, you'll see a list of comic books and you'll be able to program next week's episode 
by choosing from a list of books, including such luminaries as... That's right. From Boom Studios next week, it is Lumberjanes number 74 just announced getting an animated series over at HBO Max. Once in Future number 12, Red Mother number 9, Seven Secrets number 3. Dark Horse Comics next week has True Lives, the fabulous Killjoy's National Anthem number 1. Uh, Bill and Ted are doomed number 2. Uh, Dynamite Entertainment has Die Namite number 1. No idea what that is, but Dine. Oh, that's their uh, big. Bible gets you ten. It's deceased with the dynamite. Yeah, I think maybe that's characters. what it is. Um, Killing Red Sonia number four comes out next week. Vampirilla number fourteen. Vengeance of Vampirilla number ten. IDW Publishing has a short list of next week. Sonic the Hedgehog number thirty-three and Usagi Ojimbo number thirteen. Uh, Image Comics next week has Commanders in Crisis. I have no idea what that is about, but uh, some people have already voted for this. Uh, it's like Fire. Heroes in Crisis, only with Megatron and Cobra Commander Probably. and Mumra. Uh, Firepower by Kirkman and Samney, number three, gets a second printing next week. And we also get Stealth, number six, the final issue there. Marvel Comics next week, Amazing Spider-Man, number 50. Ooh, Amazing Spider-Man, number 50. Better look out for that one. Uh, Let's see, what's the price on that? Oh, that one also is a $6 book, unlike this week's $7 book that they they released. Next week's only. Yeah, that was technically issue 850. I know, that's why why they even advertised it. But next week is the 50th issue, so we're going to charge you six bucks for that. And then make that the new normal going forward. Captain America number 24, I'm only speculating, I can't speak for Marvel. Immortal Hulk number 38, uh, uh, New Mutants number 13, Thor number 4 gets a fourth printing. Wow. And then uh, Winter Soldier gets a complete trade paperback collection by Ed Brubaker for 30 bucks. In all the rest category, we have Atlantis Wasn't Built for Tourists, number two. Bad Mother, number three. Concrete Jungle, number one. Uh, let's see. We also have Frankie and the Creepy Cute Critters hardcover for 13 bucks. Life is Strange. Is, but now I want to read it. I know, right? Uh, Life is Strange, Partners in Time, number one. Um, also, Necromorphus, number one, spelled F-U-S, M-O-R-F-U-S, or Morphus. Necromorphus. Stargazer number two, Toilet Bound, uh, Ultraman, and Vampire the Masquerade number three. Now, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, DC has a bunch of comics coming out next week as well. They just don't ship through Diamond anymore, and that's caused a lot of people to get all their stuff wound up. But coming out next week from uh, DC Comics is Batman and the Outsiders number 17, The Batman's Grave number 11, uh, let's see. DC, The Doomed and the Damned, number one. Detective Comics, 1028. Also, uh, The Dollhouse. Uh, what is this? The Dollhouse Family. That's a trade paperback right there. And let's see. Oh, Rorschach, number one, comes out next week. Oh, I know everyone is, is interested on Matthew's thoughts about Rorschach, number one. So here's what you need to do. Head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. And in the comments section for that post go and let us know what you want us to review. This is free for everyone. You don't have to be a Patreon member. All you have to do is go over there, and it's a free post. Anyone can comment on it, even you, who's not a patron. And we understand why you're not a patron. It's totally okay. Uh, But you can go and let us know what you want to read, including Rorschach number one next week. And then we'll be back next week to review the comic that you pick, and then you will be able to hear Matthew say... This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.